right, guys. Welcome to episode five of, of the podcast. I'm here with Alina. And Alina is a corporate dropout, <laughs> conscious life design coach, a DJ, an event producer, a vibe creator. You are a oh, rock star. Thank you so much for that introduction. You, wow. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, we've talked, I've, I've complimented you how much energy you put out into the world. And I am just blown away by your consistency. A, and the fact that when, whenever you're doing something, you don't half-ass things. It's like you give it your all. <laughs> and like all of these things, like you're crushing it at them. And I wanted to bring you on to this podcast for a couple of reasons. So the first reason, it's like this is the Never Been Easier podcast, right? The mm-hmm. whole thing is showing people that it's possible. That yeah. it's never been easier. And you are living this life right now. You know, you took that entrepreneurial leap after being seven, seven and a half years in corporate, <clears throat> yep. which kudos to you. I think it's a, it's a lot easier for someone like me where like, I didn't go into corporate and I just went straight into entrepreneurship, but to have that security mm. for seven years, to have a nice position at a nice company and then to let that go, like that takes a lot of courage, you know? So, so you're doing it and I want to dive into that and... A, that's the main reason why why I want to have you on this podcast and why I want to bring your story to, to people. Cool. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. So let's start let's start at Progressive. Okay. <laughs> share share a little bit about your experience working at Progressive, how long you were there for, <clears throat> and when really you started to kind of get that call hmm. and to to like man, like maybe this is not for me. Yeah, it's a good, good question. Definitely a good place to start. Um, so I graduated from college when I was 20, and a month later I started at Progressive. And a uh, really awesome company. I had a really great experience, honestly. The first, the first year was really rough. It's an entry-level position in uh, auto claims. Big learning curve. And then I, I put in the time, I was like, 5.30 a.m., waking up, going to the office, staying for 12 hours. Yeah. Um, once I got the hang of it, the company was growing really fast. So in the first two and a half years, I got I was getting promoted like every six months, which included a pay raise, which included new responsibilities. So it really kept me engaged. And at the same time, I had the programming that a lot of people do that, you know, you go to college, you get a corporate job, and you for climb sure. up the ladder. So I was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um after three years, I got into a management position. Beautiful. So then I was enjoying that, working a little bit less, but in a different way, right? Like coaching people to do the job that I had been doing. And that was at, I was like just shy of 23 years old. So you started coaching while you were in the job yeah. three years ago. Oh, yeah, now. absolutely, okay. absolutely. Um, so... I was in a management role for a few years, and then probably around 25, I started to get that call that you mentioned. Um, I kind of hit this plateau, and um, you know, I wasn't going to leave Progressive to go to another insurance company because it wasn't the company that was the issue. I just <laughs> didn't want to be doing insurance anymore, and the company was actually great. So I was like, okay, so what do I want to do? And it caused this like 
It was like a weird low point because it didn't look like a big, the world came crashing down, but it yeah. was l- like little things that weren't aligning. So yeah, what was that? What was that like? It you? was, it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's why I tell people who start this journey that when your discomfort becomes greater than the fear of the unknown, that's mm-hmm. when you're going to move. Um, because that's where I was. So I was getting my master's and, uh, while working full time, I passed all the classes. I got to the point where I was writing my dissertation and my first proposal failed. So that hit me pretty hard. I wasn't really used to failing at things, but the idea was just really dry and uninspired because I was uninspired. So that was the first thing. Um, then my manager called me in and was Uh, time for performance evaluations and he's like so how do you think you're doing and I was like well I'm performing above average like usual you know and he's like actually like you're kind of just like coming in and doing the job like you're kind of just like you're kind of average and I was like whoa (laughs) I'm not used to that you know like I was always like the youngest one the hungry one and uh, so I could tell I was losing that edge and that really scared me And then um, finally it manifested on a physical level and I had a health issue that required surgery. Um, So I'm good now, but all of those things combined were kind of like, all right, something's off here and something needs to change. But after like so many years and that was my main skill set, I was like, what do I do? (laughs) Where do I go? So that's when I got into meditation um, and that happened because <clears throat> I switched gyms from the one closer to my office to the one closer to my home because I wanted to spend more time with my dog. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to come home, hang out with him, and then go to the gym. So um, that's kind of how it all started. Uh, the gym I joined was this like 1980s world boxing gym, but they had one class. It was a yoga class. Nice. And that teacher was very spiritual Mm. and she took that approach to her yoga practice which was really cool for me because the yoga classes I'd taken in the past were very physical or at least that's how I interpreted it at the time and in my meditations I just started asking for guidance just started asking questions like what do I do where do I go and you started meditating because of the yoga classes yep Yeah, and that's where I really understood that the practice of yoga is to warm up your body for meditation. Mm. Um, So we would start with an intention, we would go through these like really beautiful flows, and then at the end I felt like super open and aligned. Mm -hmm. And that's not that was not my first introduction to spirituality. So this was around like twenty five years old. I learned about the law of attraction when I was seventeen. So that's when I realized, like, okay, thoughts become things. Like, that's yeah. what they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did you start using it when you first heard yeah. about it? Okay, right on. I started using it right away. In fact, I was in a sorority in college, and I remember sending an email to my whole sorority, and I was like, you guys need to read this book. <laughs> yeah, um, so the, the thing is that, like, my interpretation of the law of attraction at that time was positive thoughts become a positive reality. So that was neglecting a whole element that we call shadow work, (laughs) which I started doing then at 25. 
and that's when things really took an accelerated rate. <laughs> so at this point, you're in New Jersey. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you start to do you start to do the shadow work, and I love this because I love this spiritual side of entrepreneurship. Oh yeah, it's and super life. spiritual. <laughs> and I feel that in this types of of circles and a lot of entrepreneurs they don't talk about that mm. enough so it, what happens once you start doing some of that shadow work and clearing space um you start to notice patterns that have been holding you back mm-hmm. so um it brings your awareness to that and then you have the option to start interrupting those patterns and that's when you see changes happening in your life right on so you start doing this and you're still in new jersey how does you coming to miami then manifest mm-hmm. from that so uh a co-worker of mine she came up to me one day and she was looking to relocate and she's like i'm gonna apply to a position in fort lauderdale uh-huh. from jersey and um i said oh i'm pretty sure Miami's hiring too so we both applied to positions within the company in South Florida and it all happened really fast. Within two weeks of us applying, we already found out we got the jobs and we moved. <laughs> and the crazy thing is that had I not been, at that point it was already like five, six months of this like meditation and journaling and intention, like living intentionally. And... If I hadn't been doing that, I probably would have said, okay, good luck to you. <laughs> but my mind was open, you know, and, and aware to opportunities. So um, the company actually paid for my whole move. Um, and I stayed with the company for another year in Miami. And within that year, I was, you know, um, networking and thinking about what I want to do. I think and, I met you around that time. Yes, yes. Right? That, that was right when I opened my LLC, which is Office Flow. Beautiful, beautiful. And that's when we met. Mm-hmm. So let's backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. because Office Flow, and correct me if I'm wrong, this was your first official venture. Yeah. Like, okay, like I want to like <laughs> step out of progressive. Like this is no longer an alignment, mm-hmm. right? And I want to take the step towards entrepreneurship. And you started that while you were progressive i think you were already bringing meditation correct to progressive at yeah. that time right and you were doing like like sessions and, and coaching people through meditation right yeah. so when did it become clear that okay like i want to step out of progressive and i know i'm passionate about meditation i'm passionate about coaching i'm passionate about what this can do for people mm-hmm. and i think that maybe i want to bring this into the world outside of this corporate environment Yeah, so remember when I told you my first master's proposal for the dissertation failed? Yeah. Um, My second proposal was to study my own meditation program Mm -hmm. at Progressive and do a thesis on meditation in the workplace. And that one passed with flying colors. (laughs) So I had this already kind of foundation that I was building. And um, for me, one of my... One of my blocks that was keeping me in this loop was I really wanted to please my parents, mm. um, especially my mom. Like for some reason, I, I found like a journal from when I was eight years old, and I just was writing how much I want to please my mom. Oh wow! Yeah, like that—that that was something in me for 
since childhood. Mm -hmm. So the way I was able to exit corporate was by creating a story, a narrative that could put their minds at ease and give me the confidence to move forward. So I still was needing that approval and I I still wasn't super conscious of that, but that's what happened in in hindsight. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to, I've successfully incorporated this meditation system into into the workplace. Uh I think I can bring this to other workplaces and I can make that my business. Okay. (laughs) I want to dive a little bit into your patterns of Mm -hmm. wanting to please your mom Mm -hmm. and how is that showing up? What's it showing up in you becoming like this manager or progressive Mm -hmm. and going up the corporate ladder? How was, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we all have, we all have programs that were installed by society and society is parents, friends, um, TV shows, anything. So that was the programming that I was running on and, I was I was hearing about people doing like online stuff and mm-hmm. having their own businesses and she even would say like have your own business like you should do your own business like in insurance and I was like oh yeah, <laughs> like, right. that doesn't sound that doesn't sound good what I like about the insurance thing is my, the like the people like and who I'm working with not yeah. the actual stuff so um so yeah that like it didn't even occur to me that I couldn't do something on my own those because so, I didn't know what I would do. Yeah, those are so such powerful patterns that I feel a lot of people fall into, mm-hmm. and they don't want to let their parents down. Yeah. And and I'm glad that you got out of it when you got out of it because some people they get to 40 and then they have some sort of midlife crisis where they realize yeah. they've been living the life that their pattern their parents approved of. Yeah, right. It's- Not staying true to to Mm -hmm. what they wanted to live yeah absolutely so that was so the way that i was able to break through that is by kind of creating this story that kind of they still they were they were still really nervous about it but i was like no guys look like i have an llc i have these legal documents you know like all this stuff that was like it's gonna be okay um so that was how I, I left. And the interesting thing is I left in December of 2019. So before the world turned upside down. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. So then you leave Progressive and you start, you have this new venture on the way mm-hmm. of office flow consulting, mm-hmm. which essentially you're bringing meditation and mindfulness to the mm-hmm. workplace. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, you do that for a while. How is transitioning from being a nine to fiver and having that security of just secure income, like you know the paycheck's gonna come every 15 days, Mm. to now being on your own. Yeah, it's really scary. Um, The thing is that the whole, um, my whole transition was very pragmatic. Like I had savings, you know? Um, I didn't just like, go and <laughs> like you know like I uh, I was able to over those years I was able to save you know enough where I was like okay like worst case scenario I'm going to be fine for six months so um, that gave me some peace of mind because the first three months I really did not make any money <laughs> like very very little was that stressful <clears throat> it was uh, it was stressful but also 
with what was happening in the world, I kind of felt like the playing field like evened out because everybody was like panicked. (laughs) So I wasn't like the one who was going through this big life change. Like everybody was like, what's going to happen now? And I was just going through it in my own way. So it was kind of almost like it was uncomfortable, but I almost felt like everybody was uncomfortable in that moment. It was weird. Um, But... Yeah, you know, the one of the reasons why I left completely was um, because I knew that as, as long as I had that steady paycheck coming in, that I wasn't going to commit myself to my own thing. Yeah. Uh, and one of my friends told me, you can't be hungry if you're fed. And that really resonated with me. And I was like, you're right. So I was at a point where I had no choice like sink or swim you either figure it out or not so I realized that in that time that working with businesses who were like trying to stay afloat like they're not going to pay somebody to come in and do workshops with them in that time and pretty much what happened was I was part of a wellness event as part of my marketing efforts Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be in person I was supposed to be doing one-on-one micro meditations with people and then it got canceled because of COVID. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Let me still do this on my own virtually. So I put on my social media like, hey, I'm doing private 15-minute one-on-one meditations. Here's my scheduler. Sign up. We'll do a call. And a lot of people signed up. And then I realized when I was on the phone with these people that it wasn't just like get on the call, meditate, hang up. I was building rapport with them in the beginning, talking to them a little bit, tailoring their meditation to what they told me about, and then doing a follow-up afterwards to see, let them unpack what their experience was like. And that was my pivot into private one-on-one coaching. <laughs> before, before we started this podcast, we were talking a lot about trust and surrender, mm-hmm. you know, and surrendering to the flow of, of life and world events. And I feel in entrepreneurship... Yeah, you can have a business plan, right? Mm-hmm. And and even even in life, and even where you're going through through your nine to five, but things change, things change, and and you have to pivot. And I think a lot of people, when it's time to pivot, I think we all feel that fear, yeah. right? But you you did it very gracefully in shifting from okay, cool, like I'm doing this in person, everything like nothing's happening, shifting to online. And then you start to see that people need a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? And, and you kind of feel called to provide a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So that I feel like this is then the shift from, from one-on-one to then you diving deeper with people, right? So I feel at this point in your journey, you're starting to kind of catch some traction. And it, from, from the get-go, one of the things that, that I saw you do was you, you were trying a lot of things out. You know, and, and you got to see what worked. You started Pocket Yoda Social Club. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think, like, at, at one point you had a... Like, even still, like, it's still going. I still see messages. <laughs> yeah. Like, and people, people like, vibing in there, which was this this community of people that you brought together. Um, and, and you're trying all these things out. So tell us a little bit about then your your next step in, in building this business 
And I also want to talk a little bit about DJing, which is not mm. something that we've talked about. You yeah. know, I wasn't kidding when I said she's a rock star, guys. Because <laughs> I think in the midst of you do, like pivoting and, and launching all these things, you're also developing this <laughs> very artistic skill. Yeah. It's a little bit less entrepreneurial, which, which is DJing. So yeah. talk a little bit about that. Um, DJing is very entrepreneurial as yeah. well, actually. So um, when I had that shift from nine to five to just madness, <laughs> um, I had met a DJ coach in my building, <clears throat> and I was like, you know what? Like, let me learn a new skill. Like, as a kid, I would always be doing some kind of class, or you know, like like kids do. I was like, I haven't done something like that in my adult life in a while. So let me take some DJ lessons. And um, this was even before coaching. This was like when I was still trying to do office flow. And <clears throat> I took a few lessons and I loved it. So my, my DJ coach was like, okay, well, you need to practice. You need to get equipment. And like I told you, I had savings and I chose to invest some of those savings into my own controller at this point did you ever think that that would evolve into no. what you're doing no. now okay absolutely not i was like okay so like what i did know was i know about neuroplasticity and how the brain works and that when you do something new it creates new neural pathways and i was like this will be good for my business like i'm gonna do something creative and have my brain work a little differently and that'll spill over into my business. I don't know how, but I know that it will. So I bought the uh, controller. I started to practice. I would put my mixes on SoundCloud. And as I decided, like a few years back, to start using my social media intentionally to share my journey. So I continued doing that with DJing. And... Um, the people were like amused by it, you know, and that took a lot of courage too to be like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm learning how to DJ. Like, look, guys. I remember Louise took this drone shot back when you were still living oh, at yeah. the icon of you DJing, and I'm like, wow, like, 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 like you're good, you're like really, really good. And I think that's when like things kind of started to to unfold for you. Yeah, you know, what was the first DJ gig? Like, how did that come about? Um, so the first time I played. Uh, I guess like publicly because yeah. the my first like gig was a party that I created <laughs> um, Louise and I we created were you at the urban jungle party I, I was at one but I think like this was after the yeah the so to 2020 we did a party it was uh, at the urban jungle at Louise's studio and it ended up being like 60 people. Wow. Because <laughs> it's like 540 yeah. square feet. It was such a fun party. And that was my first time playing in front of people. Um, and it's great because so many of my friends here are creatives. So they came, they got videos and pictures, and then I had content, you know. And the first like official gig was at uh, Novikov. Um, and I mean, it's a huge space. It fits like 500 people. Um, but the way it's that... It's a nice space. It's, like, it's super nice. Yeah. yeah, it's super, super nice. Uh, and what happened was somebody who I had connected with at another like music festival 
um, reached out to me through Instagram and was like, hey, um, I have this place. They're looking for a DJ. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah, whatever. Just give them my information. At that point, multiple people have reached out and, and nothing came of it. So I was like, whatever. Give them my information. But they followed up. <clears throat> and I met with the owner and he's like, yeah, let's try it out on a Wednesday. And I went and that's it. <laughs> That's my first. So that's my cool. first gig. I mean, the first <clears throat> fifteen minutes of that gig was were a nightmare because I'd never plugged into a system that big, so I didn't know like how to set like what to do with the settings or anything. Like it was major learning curve. Yeah. I was meditating through that whole experience. <laughs> that's like meditation practice in action. Um, but they ended up liking me, so I ended up staying there for a little while <clears throat> beautiful so we'll we'll come back to DJ and what that's evolved into mm-hmm. I want to go back to coaching before we dive deeper into coaching I know you're huge into energy mm-hmm. what energy work are you doing behind the scenes to support everything that's manifesting in the world for you mm. um, so I would say definitely meditation like that's that's been my my practice for so many years and it's cool because one of the blocks that I had to leaving my corporate job and even I did my coaching certification like years before I started coaching one of my blocks was like as a kid I would always pick something up and then I would drop it like I would it would get challenging and I would drop it and my parents let me they didn't want to force me to do stuff so I had this like why would I start something else if I'm just gonna drop it and fail mm. and um, I remember because I, I had a life coach at that time during that transition of my life and she was like but that's what we do we like we try things and then sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and that's okay and like just keep going <laughs> And I was like, it's so simple, right? (laughs) Like when someone else says it to you. So meditation is one of the practices that have stuck in my life. It's like a non-negotiable, like absolutely. That's that's the energy work that I do behind the scenes. Beautiful. And and I think that's one of the powerful things that coaches do for people Mm -hmm. is we have blind spots. Mm -hmm. And they're blind spots for a reason we can't see them yeah you know and and i think one of the most valuable aspects of hiring a coach and working with a coach whether it's a life coach whether it's a business coach whether it's a fitness coach Mm -hmm. is the fact that they're able to so clearly see stuff that you can't see and sometimes all it takes is them saying something to you to you recognize a pattern that's been holding you back and and you then be able to do the work to to release that and Mm -hmm. elevate your life Mm -hmm. cool so so you're working with a life coach at this point. Mm-hmm. What does your one-on-one sessions then evolve into? My one-on-one sessions with that coach. No, 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 no. You're, you're one because you at this point you transition office flow consulting to online uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. consulting, like okay. helping people with meditation, yep. and then that evolves into what's today's conscious life design. Yeah, yeah. So my first three clients that signed up with me, it was. <clears throat> just one one hour phone call a week it wasn't even zoom it was like literally on the phone <laughs> like super super simple and we would talk yeah. and I started to notice the themes of what I was saying over and over 
I started to notice what was really resonating with them, what was really creating changes for them. And that's when I put together my first framework. And my first framework was this, like, I, for like 48 hours, I like sat down and I just like created it. But all the tools that I've used personally, that I've used with my clients, and it just became this like 70 page document (laughs) of charts and concepts uh, and exercises and so after the after the first like four or five clients I had like a more or less a framework that I was using with everyone more consistently okay and what lessons are coming up for you as you go through this journey of starting office flow consulting starting the pocket yoda social club mm-hmm. shifting to one-on-one sessions mm-hmm. uh, then shifting to to creating a deeper framework uh, starting your dj uh, venture and, and and that journey mm-hmm. what are you learning about what it <clears throat> means to to be an entrepreneur and to make things happen outside of the corporate space Oh man, so much, so much every single day, still to this day, and it's so fun, (laughs) like it's so fun. Uh, I think the first thing that came to mind is, um, and this is something that my, my coach at the time helped me to understand, is like, it's not about you, it's about other people, so that already makes it a different energy. It's not like, how can I make money? How can I succeed? It's like, what can I do to help other people? So that's where the coaching work comes in. It's obviously a little bit different for DJing, even though there's more overlap than you would think. But um, that's like one of the biggest lessons is always like, that's why I'm always evolving my program. Like it's not something that I created now, it sits there. Like with every new group of clients that are coming in they're getting something a little bit different because I'm constantly evolving it and so that's the first lesson is like it's not about you and that creates a really nice flow such a powerful lesson yeah Um, because I only succeed if they're thriving to a degree right like when they're showing up if they're doing the work and they're open. Even even at an energetic, from an energetic standpoint, mm-hmm. when you're doing it to help them mm-hmm. and not because you want to make money, things flow much smoother. Yeah. They feel that energy. A, the relationship has a totally different energy. And because you're... And Rich... Uh, Dr. David Hawkins talks about this. Mm. Because you're helping the world evolve and you're helping people a, live better or better more fulfilling existence Mm -hmm. the world kind of helps you out yeah and i think because you've always been tuned in to this very genuine life-giving vibration it's why you were able to to go from corporate to creating this extraordinary life that you're living right now it's like a rock star where you're curating (laughs) whenever you say that it's so funny to me it's like sometimes it doesn't feel like you're talking about me but then i remind myself that like 100 percent. that's it you're curating events we haven't even talked about solar sunday which is this event that you've been doing uh once a month for like the past six months i think Mm -hmm. where you're attracting like 50 60 70 people i don't know what the numbers are but you guys are attracting a big crowd 
Um, but I think it, it all comes back down to, and I'm scratching the surface with like what she's doing. <laughs> I think it all comes down because you've been vibrating a very genuine, positive, not self-serving, but life-giving frequency. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, that's a, that's a big, uh, another big lesson is tapping into your authenticity. And uh, actually a lot of Brene Brown's work helped me with that. Like the power of vulnerability and shame versus guilt, which also overlaps with Dr. David Hawkins. Um, so a lot of that work, that a lot of those teachings have influenced that as well. And some of the feedback I get the most from either potential clients or clients I end up working with is they're like, I never felt like you were selling anything to me. <laughs> um, because what I do is I share, and that's actually something I learned from you and from um, This Is Marketing mm -hmm. by Seth Godin. It's like, just tell your story and show up. Uh, of course, have an offering, have a, a price point that you feel good about, but the people, like, the right people will gravitate. Um, so yeah, authenticity is everything. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And I think that's why people resonate with your brand because it's very you, right? So it hasn't been two years mm -hmm. since you left the corporate world, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you, it feels like it's been 10. <laughs> yeah, can you paint a picture of what your life looks like now? If you're comfortable, where, like, where you're waking up every morning, which I know is something that's like big for you now, yeah. big change in your life that you've been able to create <clears throat> as a result of, of going into this entrepreneurial route. Yeah, I would love to for you to paint a picture. Uh, of like what my days look like? Just your life, like uh -huh. how you're spent, like how many times you're DJing per week, okay. residencies, the fact that like you just moved into this beautiful apartment that you bought, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's summer Sundays. I'm, yeah, I'll let you. So it's cool because when I was at Progressive, part of my manifestation practice um, was I would take a day off here and there, and I would live my life that day how I would like to live it as an entrepreneur so you know as most people know maybe some people don't like manifestation is the act of embodying right now what it is that you want right. and there's a whole element of self-worth to that that will actually create sustainable um, changes but I remember I would I would take a day off and instead of like going to the beach or like laying around, I would actually wake up how I would like to wake up at like, you know, I'm I'm not like a 5.30 a.m. person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to wake up at like 7.30, um, and you know, have my morning to myself, which it took me actually a long time to feel comfortable taking my time in the morning because from the corporate training of like wake up, go, go, go. Um, and then sitting down and, and doing work that I really love, like genuinely. And so, okay, so what my life looks like now, um, it really like, it depends on the week and on the month. So I have a very active now DJ schedule and also a very active coaching schedule. And someone asked me the other day, like, how do you know where to put more energy? And without even thinking about it, I just said intuitively because it depends on the opportunities that are coming my way. Mm -hmm. So if I have 
more clients, then I'll scale back a little bit on what I'm accepting with music. If I'm getting really good opportunities with music, then I'll scale back on clients. I won't take any new clients on and work with my people. And so I play uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> I know, like, like two weeks ago, you're like, man, like I've DJed like seven days, like seven times in the past five days. So yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. I went through, I went through a few weeks where I was playing like six to seven times in four or five days. Um, so that I would say I play on average like five times uh, a week, four or five times a week. I gotta ask. Yeah. How do you take care of your energy? Yeah. Um, well, it's a lot of output. Yeah. So, definitely, definitely have to take care of my body in terms of exercise and nutrition. I went through a few months where I completely neglected that, like, did the very bare minimum, and my body was hurting from like all the DJing. <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I'm overdoing it. But then I was like, maybe I should try working out more consistently. <laughs> and that's been tremendously helpful. Like that gives me so much energy. Making sure I get enough sleep, you know? So it's like, it's not going to look exactly the same every day, but like I'm checking in with myself every day. So if I need a nap, like making time for that, even if it's a power nap, um, making sure I'm eating, like, so a big part of my coaching is self-reparenting. So it's becoming the parent for your own inner child. <clears throat> so that's, that's a big part of my practice is making sure that the time that I do have for myself, which I always, well now, make sure I have, I'm taking care of myself first and foremost so that I can go out and show up fully the other stuff yeah and i never thought about it but now that you bring it up djing it must be very physically taxing i mean you're standing up for hours at a time yeah you're dancing yeah. <laughs> like, there's like so much energy that you're yeah. like co-creating with everybody so yeah that must be a, like your self-care has mm-hmm. been such a important part of you being able to output so much energy and making this happen so uh, we're talking a little bit about what your life looks like now so i think people now got a good idea of what your djing schedule looks like you've talked a little bit about how you help people dive a little bit into that into Mm -hmm. what that uh part of your business looks like and also for those that might be interested in coaching what you help people yeah so um so with the coaching um I have created this, (laughs) I guess you can call it a program, but I don't know. It's it's an experience, experience. honestly, Um, and it continues to grow and evolve, and a lot of that was with your help. Mm. (laughs) Um, So it's a combination of things. Um, We, I meet with my clients once uh, every two weeks. Uh, over zoom or if they're local they have the option to come see me in person and during those times we really like unpack a lot of things during those sessions i come up with assignments that are specifically for them depending on what their goals are what they're working on and so we meet every other week and in the interim they get access to the online course where um they can uh, tap into different topics that I've pre-recorded, and uh, also in the interim, they now meet with other people on my team. 
So they get a financial consultation. They get a private 90-minute breathwork session that this incredible... Well, I, they're all incredible, so I'm not going to even start with going into each of these individuals, but they get um, a consultation with a graphic designer to work on their personal brand uh, image. And um, now I'm actually... This is like my first time actually sharing, but I have a human design expert right as well on. I love that. yeah I know you're a big fan of human design yeah. so I was calling in I, I put it into the universe I was like I would like a human design expert to meet with my clients so we can get a little bit more insight on their shadows and how they operate so we can be even more intentional with assignments and the work that they're doing and uh, he appeared and so now we have a new member of the team <laughs> uh, so it's very holistic um, it's you know that it's life coaching right it's like very all-encompassing and all of these things are really interrelated so I'm kind of the thread throughout the whole experience but throughout these three months they get exposure to a lot of different things beautiful and the end goal is conscious life design right it's it's them becoming conscious of their patterns working through that Mm -hmm. letting go of that which doesn't serve them getting all these skills I love that you've brought in a financial advisor that you're empowering people with breath work tools mm-hmm. right that you're getting them familiar with like how's my energy work mm-hmm. you know so then they can go and consciously create amazing lives and I see some of the testimonials that come out from your program and I'm sure you were crushing it at Progressive but I'm so happy that you tugged this leap of faith because now you're I think the impact that you're making now on people's lives and on the world and the joy that you're bringing through your DJing is so beautiful mm-hmm. that like you're Thank doing you. it and you're, you're you're crushing you're changing people's lives you know and I think that's one of the beautiful things about entrepreneurship and why I'm so passionate mm-hmm. about helping people like take that leap of faith and, and build that business because I generally believe that, that if you are that entrepreneur and you have that call in your heart you have something beautiful mm-hmm. to bring to the world yeah you know and now I would say it's it's never been easier. Doesn't mean that's gonna be easy. Yeah, it takes takes a lot of work, and, and I yeah. know that a that behind all of this, like you're putting in the time, you're putting in the hours. Yeah, you know. And a, first of all, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So 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 proud of you. <laughs> I have a question for you. Uh huh. What would you say to Alina at Progressive? Hmm. <laughs> two years ago uh, when you're considering kind of leaving that position and there's a lot of uncertainty and maybe fear surrounding that decision wow that's that question makes me emotional <laughs> um i would say <clears throat> the first thing that comes to mind is you have everything you need right now to succeed Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I think I think so often we, we don't feel ready and not mm-hmm. realize that a ready is a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Like ready, and, yes. and, and a friend like made me aware of this. Like ready is not a time, a point. It's ready not like accumulation yes. of, of knowledge or experience. It's like, I'm going to go yeah. for it. Yeah, because I, I think also we think like I need to get this like, certification or this education or 
um, this person's approval uh, or this type of business plan, right? Like just start moving. And the, the thing about my journey is that like it was a leap. Like when it came time to leave, like it was a leap. But I did a lot of work to set myself up to that point you know and that's part of my coaching too is that it's not like you just wake up one day and you drop everything and you have this new life like we're in a physical world you know we need to do certain things to like do our part to to show up in a way that we feel good so it's it's a process right certainly yeah all these beautiful trees they have roots that go deep yeah, right? yeah. And, and, and you don't see them growing these roots. And without these roots, they couldn't be this beautiful, strong trees. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think this is a great place to wrap this episode up. Is there anything that you would like to say uh, to someone that might be thinking about taking that leap or um, that maybe they're not really happy where they're at in life? Yeah. Um, I would say just start doing something something small in the direction of your passions and what you think your gifts might be just just start taking tiny little steps just just don't stay still <laughs> like, uh, stillness is really important in cultivating your energy and gaining clarity but then move that's how you'll start to create momentum and you'll see more opportunities will pop up. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, yes. Lena. My pleasure. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you.